0: Ahoy, fellow eugenic warfarers! Jesus Kay! And well welcome aboard the Joy of Trek!
1: A General Order 1 breaking podcast exploring Kylie 279
2: and the Federation High Court of Star Trek. All, All of it. it. I'm Kaki. I'm Kay. And out in the USS Archer is your chief engineer, Greg. Together,
1: we're on a mission through the weapons labs of Star Trek to find the warp bomb in every Civil War. Jesus, K, And the excellence in every episode. Even the Saurian brandy. Uh, It's probably
0: excellent, because every episode must be someone's favorite, and it might as well be us. So flex your Vulcan Nick Pinch fingers and join us as we parlay into... The The Joy joy of of Trek. Trek. Well done, K. Thank you. Uh, We are doing episode one, season one of... Strange New Worlds. Yes, we are. Strange Strange New Worlds. Worlds. Yes, this is the second episode to share its title with a series following Whoa. the next generation Lower Decks, Star Trek Lower Decks. Oh, oh, okay. And this is the fifth Star Trek product to take their title from the opening narration of Star Trek, the original series. You just include Star Trek V, The Final Frontier. Oh, yeah. Enterprise, these are the voyages. Original series where no man has gone before, and mm-hmm. the next generation where no one, no one has gone before. Oh, so, yes. yeah. That's cool.
1: That's really cool. It makes it confusing, though. Yeah, like what series is going to watch? Strange New Worlds. Which episode? Yeah, Strange, New, Strange Worlds. New Worlds. Yeah, I believe Strange New Worlds was also an episode
2: of another series. Okay, Chief. So I'm able to find Strange New World was a 1975 TV movie featuring John Saxon, who later went on to play Lieutenant Thompson, Nancy Thompson's father in Nightmare on Elm Street franchise.
1: Thank you. I had been looking forward to this so much when it when it first came out, Kay, because. Ah. Yeah, you were a big Discovery fan. Yes, yeah. I still am. I still am. I'm really really excited about the the next and regrettably final seasons, but Oh, no. they're they they start
0: putting out another season of Discovery.
1: It would have been out already except yeah, for I think the like Writer's Strike. Writer's Strike was one factor. I think the tail end of the COVID pandemic was a factor okay. and also like the decision that the series would conclude with season 5. Right. And some extra production time was Season uh,
0: 5. Uh yes, five. Oh, season wow. 5. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That must be weird like for actors like to be like doing like shooting two different series of Star Trek more or less consecutively. Who are you talking about? I mean, the actor who plays Pike, if they're in Discovery. Oh, he was only in season two. Oh, right. And then Departed to do... technically,
1: Strange New Worlds is a spin-off. Yes. But he was such a breakout character. The whole crew of the Enterprise at the time that was introduced were were so beloved. And there was such hope among the fans that there
0: would be a (laughs) spin-off. Yeah. And sure, there was. And we were not disappointed, were we? No, it's a fantastic series. I I, um, uh, Yeah. I mean, I kind of petered out out of Discovery... I think halfway season two, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, Strange New Worlds, we've been watching all the way through. We just actually watched the episode, uh, season two, episode nine, the other day, despite my other half being an avid musical hater. <laughs> <laughs> the Subspace Rhapsody. Yeah,
1: One of the few episodes to like get its own release poster. It's so
0: great. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I mean, I like what they're doing. I mean, I love the crossover episode with the Lower Decks. That it's was... like
1: it's like strange new worlds was made for us for this
0: show. Right. Well, that's one was one of my first comments actually. The it has a very classic look they're trying to go for. You know, kind of re-envisioning the original series like you know what, what yeah what, what the original series might have looked at if they had had a massive budget and 50 years of extra special effects uh, technology
1: you kind of like to imagine that's what it
0: actually looked like and we
1: just couldn't see because we're watching it on 1960s television yes. and now it's in 4k we can actually see all the detail yes. that <laughs> appeared not to be there very good <laughs>
0: All right, shall we uh, eject the warp core? Yes, let's. I say we eject the warp core! There's a few little things there that need a little bit of addressing. OK, number one. Hmm. Why does he take the shuttle to fly up to the Enterprise only to beam out the last part? I mean, you might have just well beamed out the, beamed up the entire way. Oh, visual inspection. Of the exterior. No, he no, didn't. They just like did a, did, did a flyover and did, like yeah. you're flying over right, right to the actually right to the area where the landing area <laughs> for the shuttle is, and <laughs> just before the shuttle lands on the, the Enterprise, he beams over.
1: I mean, valid. <laughs> Okay, well, I am <laughs> going to have to deal with that. I'm sorry, because there's, there's two things. One of them, I can totally imagine yeah. that this is kind of like a vestigial ritual that right. is not necessary. You know, the commander of a craft doing a visual inspection of the entire exterior before boarding it and then doing interior, uh-huh. which is just no longer done, especially because it's coming out of space. Though, yeah, like It's exactly. un- already understood, but there is a vestigial bit of ritual.
0: Right. Also, that's the first officer's job, not the captain's job. Oh, well. Just, used to, it used to be the, the, the Oh, impressive. I don't know what, they, what, the, what the word in English do, Boortwerkerkundige, which is... The chief engineer. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. The chief engineer's job in in airplanes. Back in the days, and there was still a three-man crew in the cockpit. Then it was the chief engineer's job to do the visual inspection of the plane. I've always liked the Dutch word, boortwerkerkundige. The onboard
1: equipment expert.
2: Yeah. I would also say that we see this very directly with Star Trek Into Darkness, where Scotty is arguing over the fact that he's taking on the, I believe, 78 torpedoes that end up having the augments on board cons people on board so there already is that directly in there that the chief engineer would be the one to be in charge of all the equipment or just be aware of all the equipment so yes i would agree with this statement the second component is he is
1: terrified of that ship fair right Uh, we uh, see that at the gorgeous flyby he's staring out the window with trepidation and he's
0: any minute, that he doesn't have to step aboard that ship. So, which would have been longer if he didn't beam over, but, like, rode yes. the shuttle out. Yeah. <laughs> nice try, though. I think, okay, 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 continue with your list, then. All right. Um, okay, so how on earth can a society reverse engineer a matter-antimatter device from observations through a telescope?
1: Okay, I had a similar question myself, but... Like, given the level of sort of technological ingenuity that yeah. people in general are capable of, the most important thing that you need to figure out is, like, what kind of works? Because yeah. when you don't know whether phenomenon is possible, right. you hypothesize about the, the fusion of atoms. Well, which right. ones can do it under yeah. under which circumstances? No, I, I'll give that. And when somebody gives you a demo, like, right. hey, that explosion, there's an awful lot of, I don't know, molybdenum 235 in that explosion, that must be a core component of an engine. Right. Let's try some molybdenum-235. I mean, and then you skip a whole bunch of stuff that doesn't work.
0: Yeah. Okay. Maybe. I mean, but I'm, I'm not sure. Like I, like, I didn't watch the episode of uh, Discovery that they were referring to, so I'm not exactly sure what, a, I mean, what they what they saw, but, but like, it's a space battle. It's a space right. battle oh, with lots of capable okay. ships.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're a uh, Kelpian spacecraft. Right, are that, I, that, as well. I,
0: that I heard of, yes.
1: Klingons, humans. It's a very exciting episode. But yeah, there was a lot to
0: observe. So you see energy weapons, particle weapons being used, lots of engine wash. <sighs> and I had another one, which would actually uh, figured out, like, this was like mentioned on the Goofs page from uh, uh, Memory, we- Memory Alpha, I think. Oh. Yeah. Why Nurse Chapel is able to make several crew members resemble the native residents of Kylie t- uh, 279 by injecting with gene therapy. Based on the genetic code of the planet's inhabitants, when they had not made, yet made any contact, and so they wouldn't have had access to the genes. But that's kind of like subverted in something that she actually says: like,
3: if I don't synthesize a booster with actual Kylie DNA, he may not pass a retinal scan.
1: No, I'm not going to accept that because there has been a mission to Kylie already. Like the, uh, the right. USS Archer is in orbit. Right? Yeah. they would have done genetic right. sampling. I don't know. You just but do they have that? Like, I mean, they have been a pint of
0: sewage water. Out, they and hadn't been on the. Yes, it is. Is. Also, also another point. Speaking of the Archer, Archer is a decent-sized ship, right? We're uh, yes, yeah. Like it it looks it's like two the... warp nacelles, and it's um, not a shuttle. No, it's just a dish and a warp nacelle. Okay, yeah, but still, it's not a shuttle. Yeah, yeah. Why is there only three people on board?
1: Interesting. <laughs> <Three>. Interesting. <laughs> none One, of them engineer, None
0: of them engineers.
4: <laughs>
1: what happened to the rest? Yeah, that's a good one. Maybe it is kind of a shuttle.
0: Like, how many crew do you actually need? You know, the the uh, the Enterprise. Mm, is I mean the, okay the shots suggest that she's a, a fairly decent sized ship like uh, uh, there's several orbital shots where we see both the enterprise and the archer right uh, and, and you meant to assume that the dish the saucer section is about the same size Or at least or maybe even half the size but that would still make it a significantly sized ship yeah not a shuttle which which held three people I'll accept uh, that one what is <laughs> what is going on there Like nobody was on board the Archer when the enterprise arrived but there was only three people who were rescued from the planet. And they don't talk about, you know, the massacre. The, the rest of the crew, yeah. Ah. Huh. <laughs> anyway. That, Massive that,
1: shore leave, I guess. That's about it, what I have for the
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> ejecting the warp course. So I guess we can jump into the episode. Yes, we'll just skip mine because... Oh, sorry. Yeah, I, I no. Mean, you have one too. Wow, that's a, that's quite unusual. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and even more unusual is I'm withholding mine. Oh. Because I know that I made a little joke earlier about how I was going to make Strange New Worlds into my con because we can't just have pure joy. We have to have an unreasonable enemy (laughs) that we just loathe. And yes, for comedic effect, that's going to be Strange New Worlds because they're too sexy and the scripts are too fun and it's all too (laughs) smart and too beautiful. Yeah. But really, this is actually the first episode of Star Trek in a very long time that made me actually angry. Oh? Yeah. At what? Let's see when we get there. Okay. Right? Yeah. Don't worry, this is not pessimistic for those no. at home like I'm not going to be shitting on this show. I love Strange New World uh-huh. and I love that there was a story
0: that actually evoked such such emotion in me. But I'm um, okay. it's, it's not pure joy this time around. All right. Well, let's see what we can got where we got. We open with a lovely shot of, I think. What, oh, I love everything about it. Which <laughs> I, I know I just said that I was going to be against this episode, but oh my god, opening with an alien like NASA's red alert. Right. Well, we, we don't really know that. That's like I thought. I thought that was really well done in this shot. It's kind of like played for almost being like the suggestion that it is on Earth. Yes. But it's like someone walking through a corridor with red lights flashing because there's been an alert, a UFO has been spotted and it's a shot of the back of a woman being tracked as she walks into like a, yeah, a very much NORAD-style command center. Yeah, all these embedded screens and control yeah. stations with sturdy frames. And uh, yeah, she turns around eventually and we see that she is the alien. First contact
4: it is just a, a dream reset. until one day it isn't.
3: What is that?
1: Her outfit is so cool. Yeah. It reads like a suit, except the lapels are sort of integrated into the epaulettes and they've got like yeah. glowing panels. she just got a tie pin. She's uh, uh, got a
0: she's got a cap that I don't know the term for. In Dutch, it would be called a schijf. Oh no, it's not. It's like it's, it's not
1: quite. It's got a little extra fold. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's a really great, but clearly reads as military, traditional. Yep. And she is one of many, many people from this uh, this planet, Kylie Two Seven Nine, with really excellent sort of nineteen forties throwback hair. Yeah. Waves and curls are, are very popular, and she's uh, what we would recognize as a black woman. Mm-hmm. But she's got those Kylian features, the sort of cerulean eyes, a lovely patterning on, on foreheads with uh, some extra protrusions which that we, we don't which have. Which, as we
0: see later, is also continues on the legs. Oh, oh, yes. I mean, that's it's right. either that or Spock has a tattoo that we do not know about. I was thinking about. that.
1: <laughs> and on the screen, they see, indeed, a, a, the a shot of the U.S.'s yeah. archer. There's a beautiful voiceover by Una, by the way. Yeah. Number one.
4: Our first visit from the stars is always the province of children's stories and science fiction.
0: And yes, how it's a dream until one day it's not... Oh
1: already kind of foreshadowing one of the other thematic elements that, like, death seems impossible and unimaginable. Right, yes, very until much so. It isn't.
0: Una again, and Pike, of course. Which yeah. Like, which both have that element going through oh, their storyline. Okay. this, this episode, episode is so
1: good. It's going to be so yes. heartbreaking when
0: I get to the point where I actually <laughs> tear it apart. Right, yes. Uh, next shot, however, we, we're now watching uh, Yellowstone, except... <laughs> <laughs> except it and whimdy. It and Wimdy, and there's some big wind turbines standing there. I was like, why would they have wind turbines when you have... You know, antimatter. But like, it's probably still cheaper or con- more convenient to like put some wind turbines here and there in areas where you don't want to have. A they wood.
1: might just be two hundred years old. They might be monumental
0: oh, windmills, right? Being fair. historically yeah, preserved, no. possible, quite well. So, right. This is the the twenty. Also, like, there's century? there's not a lot of people like like windmills that size. They produce quite a few bit of power. I don't know like how many people are living in that area there. Well, by the time you've got a subatomic toaster, you're going to need some juice. Okay, fair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Pike is watching the day the Earth stood still. Klaatu, and... Barada, Nikto. Yes. with yeah. uh, gort. Yep. Uh, and uh, making pancakes. There's a very telling speech where the alien
1: Klaatu is lecturing humanity in this film on like the path of destru- self-destruction that it's on and that there is a community of uh space-faring aliens that would welcome them wow where where are we going to see that yeah. again <laughs> <laughs> oh he's cooking with such love
0: beard does not suit him
2: hey f- off
0: k this is, <laughs> hold on
2: wait wait you yeah, know i'm with kaki in this one f- off k I know personally several listeners. They're going to be very upset with you, so
0: I'm just taking their side. Uh, okay. I like the beard. I nah, do. it's like I mean I think a beard could look good on him, but it'd have to be like you know trimmed a bit, like unkempt like this. I don't think it suits him.
1: I wouldn't call it unkempt. Like it's a it's a
0: particular style. He just likes to feel okay. it. I mean, he's growing it out until he can feel it on his nipples, which is the thing that he clearly wants. Okay. I mean, I'll accept your headcanon, but Just I'm, imagine, i Just imagine, like, a
1: rich, sort of fluffy thatch, the sort I've, of swaying over I've, your entire
0: okay. torso every I time you're I think it's and, yeah. meant to show personal neglect. Mm. But, you know, this might be... The, I think that's nah, what I think that's really fair. I think that's what they're going for.
1: Yeah, because we, we find him in what we realize is a, a state of depression, state of denial.
0: Yeah. He is struggling with his the future... Yeah. Because he has seen that he is going to die and the way in which, well, not, he's not going to die. That's, well, maybe that's part of the problem. At least the death of the man I am now. Because he knows that
1: after an event in the future, he'll be permanently relegated to assisted devices. Yeah. will be unable to walk or speak unaided. And there will be a great deal of pain and, and disability in his future, which, yeah, we can yep. understand is a, a terrifying prospect. Which... And I think you're completely right because he's, he's ignoring it.
0: Yeah, he's kind of like trying to not face it, and it's like it's not working because he keeps seeing visions of himself in his reflection uh, throughout the episode until he comes to terms with it later on. But I love that in actually the crossover episode with uh, Lower Decks, Decks. yeah. What's his face, Uh, the the main character from Lower Decks, Boimler, Edward Boimler, Boimler, who's uh, like he he lets slip that Pike's birthday is a national holiday uh, (laughs) in in the future, and like wait, wait, what? And like, and Pike just looks at me like, yeah, I know like I, I know why it's like I know
2: why.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like in like, born was like terrified that he's like giving away future information and just pikes just looks at it like no i know why and
1: it's like that it's, like, was amazing <laughs> so he gets a bunch of opportunities to like confront and talk about it because captain Batel, mm-hmm. who is there's not really a label for their relationship i don't think i guess they're
0: trying it out they're dating maybe yeah I guess that's a that's a fair way I mean, to it, say it I it, mean it comes back later in the series like it's like I wouldn't say it's on again off again but it's like you know two starship captains don't have a lot of opportunity to see each other because yeah. usually one or the other is on a mission As she actually says like they talk about like where she's going and like I'll be back in a month and I would like to see you
4: but I really hope you're not you've got better places to be
2: because, yeah, I, because I hope I, you're gallivanting. I hope, Yes,
0: I hope you've gotten out of this funk that you're in and that you're off on presumably the Enterprise. It's a really healthy form of
1: relationship. Because yeah. they're, they're they're sexual, they're romantic, they're intimate, they're fully focused on one another while they're there. They're deeply enjoying each other's company. But beyond that, like, when we move away from each other, we just accept that, yeah. seize
0: the opportunities we can. When we get the opportunities, yes. Although this it, it does lead to a little bit of strain in the relationship later on in the series. You know? Hey, like... spoilers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> she offers him opportunities to talk about. It. She encourages him, which yeah.
0: he ignores. The communicator goes... Which he lets go as the voicemail. Phone's ringing again. Yep. Okay, and it's like, it's like aren't you going to answer this? Like, maybe. And it's like, oh, it stopped. What do you know? I don't have to answer it. <laughs> but it's implied that it's been happening. Yep. Because a little bit later, he is out riding his horse. Oh, he's um, riding
1: hard. Yes. He's getting some exercise in
0: good for and, a horse, uh, i'm sure i guess yeah but a it's interrupted by a shuttle flown by captain hearth sorry general hearth i believe his name's all
3: due respect admiral what the hell do you want
0: oh i don't know where you got that from he oh is, it's uh, a trivia i got it from the trivia no page. this is admiral uh, robert april april that was it like i didn't see yeah. oh okay i, I just yeah. got the
1: name wrong sorry canonically robert april was the previous commander of the enterprise uh-huh. and in this case like it's implied that pike served as his first officer yeah
0: So she's been in service, the Enterprise, for a while. I mean, she was being retrofitted, refitted, basically, at this point. I mean, this is the 1071, no bloody A, B, C, or D, if I'm not (laughs) mistaken. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is. It is, uh, I think, officially the
1: second Enterprise in Starfleet, the first being the NX-01 during the Star Trek Enterprise era. But yes, indeed, no refit has been done yet. Shuttle sounds so cool. It sounds so cool as it? Uh, it swoops by and lands. And he's doing the sort of Rambo thing. In yeah.
0: April. <laughs> he is, isn't he? Yeah. Very I need good. you
1: back in the saddle, he says to. The guy who just got off his horse.
3: <laughs> and. Pike keeps rejecting it. We both agreed that I'd have until Enterprise left space Dog before deciding. But what then or we another. lost contact with her
0: ship.
1: And you can see how he's even like he's cuddling his horse almost for I,
0: like. I, th- I thought he was hiding behind it. Yeah, a little he's bit, like, right? He's, he's kind of like he's, he's kind of like keeping the horse's head between him and the admiral. He's, yeah, he's, he's kind of like seeking comfort with it. But he's like, yeah. To me, it felt like he was kind of like shielding himself, like he's like. Yeah, and he says like, "Hey, you spooked my horse." I don't think that that horse is worried about spaceship landing. <laughs> That's a Starfleet captain's horse. No, what is it with Starfleet captains on horse riding? Huh? Yeah, Kirk. Yeah, Picard. Picard. Yeah, Pike. <laughs> I mean, oh, Janeway
1: is able to identify like specifically horse manure by scent. There mm. a go. That's manure.
0: Horse manure. Yeah. So
2: yeah, there is there is kind there of there is something
0: some, they, they seem to have this thing going. It might just be the writers.
2: Chief Engineer Greg here it feels worth pointing out that Kirk is from Davenport, Iowa, and Janeway is from Bloomington, Indiana. Having lived in the Midwest for quite a number of years, you kind of start to recognize, yeah, that's manure. And if you've been around horses a decent amount, you know what horse manure smells like as well. So it may be far into the century, but horse shit still smells like horse shit. But yeah, he basically orders him. I'm not sure what this has to do with- Here's her last transmission.
3: We haven't heard from her since
0: person in trouble is La, La'an. Uh, the pronunciation is La'an, but this La'an. is actually Una. This is his number one. Right, yeah, I keep getting confused which one's which. La'an is an
1: intriguing character because when yes. she was introduced, her full name is La'an Nunyan Singh.
0: Yes, which reads back to a tradition of Gene modernberry trying to naming people Noon, uh, Singh. or Noonien. Var- Noonien. Noonians, well, or, or variations thereupon. Like it, yep. it, it keeps coming back in various things, which is apparently due to someone he traveled with or served with or something and he was trying i believe
1: to... it was like an indian air force right uh, yes and he tried pilot. to like hope
0: to put his name in as a various characters in the hopes that they would like see that hear that and like get back, get in, back in touch with them. him yeah because after
1: they served together yeah in they lost uh, they lost uh, they lost, uh, it the they lost contact yeah uh, which is like union kind of, sung yeah the creator of, of data and lore yep
0: that's yeah. another one that's been famous for that
1: but he doesn't have a choice
0: between, no, between get, this order. Basically, and... he gets ordered in. Yeah, it's like, yeah, you're coming back. Like it's an order. Like I was gonna try. I was gonna try it nicely and give you the opportunity to volunteer, but no, nope, it's an order. I'm
3: pulling Enterprise out of space dock. She's still on scheduled maintenance. She can skip the
0: redundant systems checks. I want her crewed up and ready to fly by eighteen hundred. Now we get a second intro. As I was like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, actually, yeah, because the show starts with like a. I know it as an ident, a little sort of motion graphic to indicate where we are. Hey, Chief, is this the first use of the sort of Star Trek franchise ident? Because it's the same one that we now see. We see it in Picard. We see it in Lower Decks and and all of that. Oh, okay.
0: I
2: didn't know that. But every time it's a different spaceship, right? Now it's the Enterprise. So the ident is something that Lower Decks has with the Cerritos flying and forming the Starfleet Delta. And then Strange New Worlds has with the Enterprise flying and forming the Delta. I looked at season three and four of Discovery and they don't seem to have that. I imagine with the fifth and final season coming up, they will be having that ident as well. But right now it's just CBS Studios Presents and then goes into Previously On. Come out of these gorgeous opening
1: credits with some fantastic music and the drumming and the cymbal (laughs) crashes. It's so much fun. It really reminded me of
0: the animated series, you know, opening Mm, theme that we watched last week. I mean, they've got so much to... Draw from nowadays that you can make it sound a little bit like everything they want to, and like I mean, to me it sounds more like yeah the original series that they try to like get it close to, but not quite the uh, original series tune. Isn't it wonderful to
1: hear like a theme tune that's very close to but legally distinct from music that you really enjoy? And (laughs) that's (laughs) thank you, Fox Thank you, (laughs) There are so many references in that. Oh, my God. We have by now, I'm sure, been linking to the full version of that. Like, you've got to check that out and just see how much is in there. Like, I heard the Voyager timpani. I heard the the Star Trek Picard cellos. (laughs) References to Enterprising Young Men by Michael Giacchino. Like, it doesn't stop. Such a nerd. Hi,
0: Fox. Thank you. So, end of credits, and we cut to to Paul and... To bring, no, to her Pring. Name is. Sorry, to Paul is her mother. Is her mother? No, who's to Paul? No, to no, Paul was the, the uh, science officer on, on Enterprise. the Enterprise. Yes, and Spock having dinner, and Spock is like trying to lead her on. It's like, like this is I mean, amazing. You're, you're sitting here wearing your mating colors, <laughs> and you're like, and yet the entire meal has passed without you
3: Queering.
4: Yes,
0: querying.
1: This whole thing is so amazing and teaches you so much about like Vulcan culture
0: in general, and these Vulcans in particular. So I'm kind of wondering about the whole, like, question and then response as if, I mean, like, they actually comment on that. Like, it seems a little bit redundant that we always go through this. But I'm wondering if there's another thing. It's like if there's a question and a bugger off reply. It's like, you know, it's like a question seems like can I ask you a question? And responds it, I will provide you with an answer. Or something and like... She's is, is, teasing him. Oh, yes. Because normally he would say... Query. And she would yeah. go,
1: mm-hmm, I am prepared to receive your query. Yeah. But instead, like she just undermines it with response. The second time of around, she even says, <laughs> response. Because <laughs> she's, she's just messing
0: with him. She's, yes. Which he concludes towards the end. Now, he actually says that, You know, which I seem to be... Now see <laughs> seem to realize that might have been the point here. <laughs> this woman, to Pring,
1: fully Vulcan, but like she's... I don't know, she's saucy, she likes to, to, to play with him. Yep. Of course, this is the woman who would be attracted to Spock. You mm. know, yep. half-human, not fully Vulcan. That would absolutely be something that appeals to her.
0: Yep. A feature, not a bug, and vice versa. So this is actually one of a few first, or actually third, Gia Sandu, who plays The Pring, oh. as well as Jess Bush, who plays Chappelle, and Celia Rose Gooding who plays Uhura, ah, are yes. all three the third actor to portray that particular character. Oh, wow, trinities. Yeah. I like it. Let
1: me see. So T'Pring definitely featured in the original series. Maybe she had two I do, I appearances?
0: Think it, yeah, I, I didn't write down the exact appearances of, all, oh, of these, but this uh, is exciting. all these characters. But yes, all three are now on their third actor portraying this particular character.
1: Chapel is interesting because she was Major
2: Barrett originally in the original yeah. series. And I wonder who the second one was.
0: Oh, I think it was.
2: Chief? So I'm actually not able to find anyone that's portrayed Nurse Chapel that's been credited as such. We see that it's been referenced in the JJ Abrams movies, however, there is no one else that I can find on Memory Alpha or Memory Beta, which is the Wikipedia for Star Trek. So as far as I can tell, it is just Major Barrett and Jess Bush as the two people who've portrayed Nurse Chapel. Thanks. Oh, thank you. <laughs> It's so nice to be able to move on to
0: these
1: discussions. But with Uhura, I definitely know. Like Nichelle Nichols, the radiant Nichelle Nichols on the original series and the films. She was the equally as radiant Zoe Saldana Mm -hmm. in the Kelvinverse films. And now Celia Rose Gooding, a name that I still have to sort of internalize. But Oh, my God.
0: I love how she's like, you can clearly see that she spent a lot of time studying. uh, Michelle Nichols. Nichols, because like the way she there, she touches the little earpiece and like the, yeah, she's definitely been watching old footage to see how to play the character.
1: Because there is a very specific sort of poise and grace.
0: Which she beautifully
1: copies and makes her own, I'd say. And here comes the query that Spock has been anticipating.
0: Yes. And that is.
3: Will you marry me?
0: To which he doesn't actually reply he just leans in lets her put the groom's necklace i don't know how they how this works in vulcan society but apparently it's the woman's job to ask it makes sense yeah but you know in retrospect even the the uh, well
1: there is some gender differentiation within vulcan culture but there's also like some
0: pretty serious psychological sexual <laughs> yes. dimorphism and he leans in to kiss her Waiter materializes out (laughs) of nothing. (laughs) I'm
4: going to have to ask you two to do that somewhere else. Please to which, to
0: bring uh, to it's like what, what an, an excellent, excellent idea. Yeah, <laughs> <Fantastic. laughs> but I love that how it's like the waiter just got like uh ah, sorry you don't do that in public please. It's like that's not done because that's the thing with Vulcans like it was made very clear to me on the B
1: side of the motion picture soundtrack. I found a recording. I think I've talked about it before, and it's an interview of Sarek, mm-hmm. Spock's father, in character. Oh, yes, yes. by Gene Roddenberry. Ah oh, yeah, and that's where we first like really get explicit like. Emotion is really not a problem. It's the expression of emotion that's just vulgar. Right. In the same way that, like, burping, farting, right. perfectly it's normal just stuff that
0: you just don't do it in public.
1: Yes, uh, because it's something that makes other people uncomfortable. Because it's a yeah. it's a cultural thing.
0: That kind of like reminds me of that episode of Next Generation mm-hmm. where Sarek is slowly losing it. He's like, I guess he's. Guy syndrome. Yeah, which is dementia. like Alzheimer's. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he does the, the Vulcan mind meld with Cameron Picard, Picard yeah. who then sits in his quarters, like experiencing all the, the emotion and like expressing that oh. while Sarek can just like stand there and be his composed self, handling this very important treaty which needs to be done. And then you can see that even Picard, who yeah. we know has like poise and control, is just letting Wreck, out this
1: yes. stream of regrets, this <laughs> intensity that Sarek has apparently been keeping inside this whole time.
0: But we get a nice cut to, I don't know, I don't know where this is. It looks like it's like on top of some sort of skyscraper. On Salon, the seas
4: consist of liquid mercury.
0: Earths our water. And on Vulcan, they know, are not water. It's what are, the, <laughs> what are <laughs> the
1: oceans of Vulcan made of? Yeah, so but, intriguing. Like, what could they be made of that would be okay for an entire humanoid population to, like, swim in and drink and I breathe? Know, right? Yeah. There's almost no liquids that as a human you can drink that are sort of okay without, without yeah. that aren't water solutions. I think, like, yeah, glycerin. Yeah. Glycerin is one thing that's so, okay. Yeah. But it doesn't nourish you. It doesn't
0: do anything. No. But yeah, Vulcan sexy signs are about oh, to <laughs> when the communicator goes off and like anybody who has a partner who has paid your duty, oh, you know, there's like, oh, oh <laughs> now, why now? It's <laughs> like, I have to take this and... Are you naked? No, cut.
3: No, Chris,
4: he's not. He was about to be. He would have
0: been! Prince <laughs> <laughs> like calls him Chris. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they're on a first name basis, I guess.
1: Yeah. Which, I think, like, shows some familiarity. Like, they must clearly know each other. But also, yeah, he was about to be naked, Chris. Yeah. You have interrupted. <laughs> Something we've been looking forward to for a while. But he's calling Spock back to duty. And Spock immediately responds, yes, I'll, I'll see you there. Pring will understand. And, and she she's says, like, don't make a habit out of that. <laughs> like, uh, that should have been a query. Yeah. Since we're talking about that.
0: Spock and Pike are reacquainting themselves with each other. A little bit of business talk, really, about the ship. Yeah. How there's a crew rotation. Personal rotation was in process.
4: A few officers will have to bill it after the mission. That includes the chief engineer and Lieutenant Kirk, whom I know you requested.
1: And then Pike says, yeah, but I actually asked how you are. Yes. (laughs) And Spock immediately, like, and openly responds, you know, he misses his sister. Yeah. He can't talk about her existence with anybody else. Her very existence is classified.
0: Yeah. I mean, that, that this comes back later in the series, like, uh, that it, this is an issue. And I guess it becomes so much of an issue that that's how we work her out of the, why she was never mentioned in any of the previous uh, See that, uh, series. That,
1: I, so. I don't really, like, Spock has a proud history yes. of not mentioning his relatives until they're plot relevant, and then yes. raising his eyebrows, and how about that? Yeah. You know, we were here to meet the Vulcan ambassador, and there he is. Also, hi, dad. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, he's your Wait. dad? Yeah, he totally is. You have a brother? Mm. Yeah. Funny that. Like, lots of people have brothers. Technically, lots I have people. a half-brother. Yeah, but yeah. you never talked about him. Yeah. Oh, uh, funny Like that. all the other 6,000 family members that I have that I yeah. don't mention, because I just like keeping them little
0: secrets. We come on board the bridge, which I noticed that the entire primary bridge crew is female, which is probably a conscious decision, but, like, there's a few people on the fridges, but other than Spock... Yeah. And Pike I don't know if this was like A conscious decision Of the writers to uh, I don't know But do in, a,
1: in a purely You know If it's an it, egalitarian system it's oh, we'll expect that kind yeah. of Clustering no, to
0: happen I mean you have the same thing It's like I think it was a question That was asked of One of the chief justices What's her name uh, Oh uh, Ginsburg. Notorious Ginsburg. Yes, That's the yeah. one Yes It's mm- like when do you think That there's an, uh, enough women On the Supreme Court It's like Well I guess when there's nine when it's and not it was taken hugely
1: out of context by so many right. people, but yeah. yes, when there can be just nine women, and that just happens to be the concentration this time, and it's not a big deal because it's
0: been like nine men for well nine since since wherever it came nine from seven, but yeah. I noticed it. It's uh, and then I had a quick look around, and it's like a few of the other people manning the consoles in the back are are men. But uh,
1: it's kind of telling for us and the lingering sort of sexism in our society that it's something that we notice. We notice
0: yeah, no, absolutely. That's uh,
1: and in fact that we use the term manning the uh, right. Yes, uh,
0: very good point. Yes, it's continuing <laughs> struggle
1: to create equity even in our language, yes. let alone our culture. We get the sort of
3: all hands speech. We're a little early out of the gate, so I hope we didn't catch anybody with your hair wet or your pants down. Which is kind of doer. It's really grim, Because <laughs> he finishes with. Nobody dies. This mission will not be anybody's last day.
0: Yeah. Wait, and, what? And, and everyone's every- like, "Wait, was that an option?" Like, was that were gonna- we planning someone <laughs> to yeah. die? This, this is not usually how
1: we go into these missions. We get some beautiful shots of like the oh the engineering room.
0: Yeah, it's
1: so big and reflective. So that's a whole like
0: LED wall set. A uh, volume, I believe, or are uh, not I calling that anymore? No, I think the brand name is Stagecraft. But... Okay. And I know that's what it was called when they were shooting Mandalorian with it, which I believe was the first series that they that started yes. using that on a...
1: But the volume is also the term given to the mocap space in, in Avatar by James yeah. Cameron. So it's a bit... But yeah, this one could only exist with a fully computerized like LED system. This, yeah. All these reflections. We see the mess hall, which is a great set. The warp streaks through the windows. We see so many of the crew, a very diverse healthy fit crew like the, the kind of starfleet we imagine that these are all of them overachievers oh my god yes and the the pints and pints of workahol being pumped into the atmosphere <laughs> workahol wow <laughs> hey
0: pike in the meantime is not having quite as much of a good time after he finishes because he gets a flashback to his well demise let's call it that
1: yeah i think this is something that he's doing to himself um, and,
0: and of course this is the you know how it is
1: with dark thoughts that haunt us. We give them a lot of time. So he's just spending some time on his own, yeah. just like reliving these, these horrifying memories. He excuses
0: himself to go through his quarters where Spock shows up to like, check in on I me, mean, I suppose. Are you yourself, sir?
3: I'm well, very much myself. That's the problem.
1: Very pointedly like returning the favor. Yes. And Pike returns like the, the respect by saying what he's feeling and what he's feeling is bad he's just
3: marty second guessing myself and that's the last thing a captain can afford suffering can be transformed
0: into insight yes also one more thing like when he walks off there's like a little gaff there he says like number one you have the con but it's you have the con ah yes
1: <laughs> a term that the origin is not known like why it's called the conning chair you know it's the conning tower
0: in like submarines right but yeah. what is conning yeah like, it's, it's yeah. not
1: known to have a clear etymology. I yeah. Think.
0: Okay. I'd have to look that up. Greg, can you check that for us? Like, if there's a uh, obvious etymology for con.
2: Okay, so con, yes, there's not 100 percent sure on how it got started. It started about 1800 to 1810 in that ballpark. So it is believed to be a variant of con from Middle English, condun, condien from Norman from Anglo-Norman Conduire, from Latin Conduco. So it does seem to appear to be derived from that, and it does kind of track with Latin and, and French, which is derived from Latin, yada, yada. There's not a clear, concise etymology for where that comes from, but it's believed to be from Middle English.
1: Okay, one of two responses. Either, oh, that's surprising. I didn't know and there like, was one. Oh, or, um,
0: see, right, there wasn't yeah, one, no, was there? Yeah, you're totally cool, Right. <laughs>
1: Oh, there's one question there, which is that after Pike reveals to Spock, you know, this vision that he's had of the future on yeah. the Klingon planet of Boreth, Spock asks, is it soon?
3: It's almost a decade away. Is that soon? Suddenly that feels soon.
0: I love that, like how uh, Spock goes, like, well, there's a monastery there and like some rare mineral that gives you visions of the future. Both have known to change people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it wasn't the monastery. It was like, all right. <laughs> And he
1: says, very wisely, suffering can be transformed into insight. Now, yeah. I don't know if that's necessarily something that he already knows from experience or something that's part of his, his education because he's a very young Vulcan still. Yeah. Uh, and even though he's experienced quite a lot, like he isn't the wise Spock that we know from the movies. And he says,
4: You must seek out the good in knowing your own death. Use it to be the man you most essentially are. who's that Spock?
0: The captain. Because Pike is questioning himself which he actually says is like the worst thing that can happen to a captain like second guessing himself because I know that that's going to happen like I mean he, he kind of has plot armor until that point in time if like the future is immutable yeah good point he, he kind of knows that he has plot armor because like if the f- future prediction thing is known to be always be correct and true and nothing can be changed
1: yeah he can't die
0: yeah unkillable it did make me too cautious not cautious enough <laughs> right but they make it to the planet uh, where they find the archer empty. Yes, they get
1: a ping from the archer on the night side, and on the day side, they get a visual.
0: That is quick. No, they just like, oh, yeah, fly around. Yeah, you got a good point, yeah. There's a little bit of, like, it's too quiet here. Like, we we should put up the shields, which is, no, Artegas is the Helmskman command. Uh, yes, this is La'an. La'an, that's the one. Here. Who is the temporary number first one, first which Kirk yes.
1: was a little bit surprised about. Pike. Sorry, Pike. Yes. Thank you. But so we have, on the one hand, Spock is advising, like, there's no reason for concern. And Laan identifies that, no, there are red
0: flags and we should raise shields. Pike goes with Laan, and it's a good thing, too. Because moments later, they launch three plasma torpedoes, I believe the word is.
4: Plasma torpedoes.
0: Three direct hits. Damage assessment. Minimal. But if we hadn't had our shields up. But at this point, they... uh to start to realize like hang on things is not correct here like none of the things there's no subspace chatter there is nothing going on here there's, there's no, no solar. yeah there's activity. no there's no orbital stations there's nothing there's no space travel here these people shouldn't be able to have warp technology Yep. what's going on here
1: and then it becomes a e- really interesting sort of discussion about general order one yeah which is not to interfere with the natural development of uh, species that doesn't have yes. well that doesn't have warp travel yes which is a you know a, a yeah. sort of legal gray area there was a really interesting analysis of this episode by the com. yeah and it's about what would be a defence for Pike's actions because he does wind up, of course, right. involving himself with it. And they argue that the test should be the necessity defence, which has been used in the case of State versus Rain, Minnesota, in, <laughs> in 1991. Yeah. So it has to consist of, of six components: that the Pike acted in an emergency to prevent significant bodily harm or evil yeah. to Kylie or his yeah that he had no adequate legal alternative. Fair, yeah. Third, that the act did not create greater danger than the one avoided. I would give it that as well, right, yes. Right, also. Four, when the defendant acted, he actually believed that the act was necessary to prevent the threatened harm or evil. Clearly. Also. Five, a reasonable person would also have believed that was necessary.
0: Yeah, not unreasonable to come to this conclusion.
1: And six, yeah. the defendant did not substantially contribute to the emergency. Also true. Yeah, there's a... Uh, it's a, it's a really interesting analysis, which assumes it's that like it's, it's under it's the like California it, it, Criminal Code.
0: It didn't, cre- it didn't create it in order to be able to meet the other credit, basically, essentially. It's They're like, a
4: good set of <clears> tests. Yeah. As you know, the Vulcans invented first contact.
3: As they never fail to remind us. To yeah. remind
1: yeah. us. <laughs> <laughs> and we get a quick sort of introduction, because for a lot of people watching, this might be their very first episode of Star Trek ever. Oh, Yes right? Because it was made to be accessible. It's episodic, yeah. it's more adventurous, discovery, uh, sorry, about discovery rather than the series discovery. And So it's really accessible for people to, hey, you've never seen Star Trek before? Yeah, I
0: might as well jump in, yeah.
1: Really? And so the Federation of Planets is introduced. Here we have all these planets.
0: Which are local to this area, and they've already joined or they're about to join. And
1: all of them developed warp travel first. But in this case, this species developed a warp bomb. Yeah. Which is something that you can do first. It's just nobody's done it. Put
4: another way. The nuclear bomb could have been invented before particle physics. It simply never has been.
1: Like, you could discover that you can hyper-compress these particular materials after you've purified them yeah. to a level that's unsafe for humans well, to the, be the, near.
0: The, the problem would be, like, you know, finding out what happened. You know, it's like... Like, and I, I just, yeah. like I can just, like, uh, let's see what happens if we, like, like, take this plutonium and, like, do an implosion and, like, see how far we can compress it. And then there's, like, suddenly a big crater there. And like, oh, I wonder what happened there. It's like something happened. Probably we <laughs> had some
1: telescopes that sort of pointed at it and yeah. we could deduce from there.
0: Oh, uh, I'm reminded of Douglas
1: Adams in The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. He talked about this alien species that had, like, 28 arms.
0: Oh, yes, the only species to invent the deodorant before the wheel.
1: Uh. <laughs> <laughs> down to sick babe to do an infiltrate, which is Pike's solution to the problems that Spock and, and Anne both pose, like- General order
4: one applies. We cannot interfere with their natural development. We cannot show ourselves- the they've
2: already seen us.
4: We cannot risk the possibility.
2: Well, so we just leave our people there?
0: Hardly. Nurse Chapel has like- Chapel. Chapel, sorry. Chapel. Seems to be a disguised uh, expert. Like, yeah. yeah, just like you're a rocket ship pilot. <laughs>
1: <laughs> a bit of professional snipping between yes. <laughs> two uh, professional women. But, like, I was worried would this be played for laughs because it is like a toxic relationship and a bit of a trope that, you know, is more common in series where there are only two capable women in the cast and right. they have some sort of adversarial conflicting relationship. Oh, yeah. But this is very quickly subverted because... She is an expert in epigenetics and a special project yeah. capable of, like, engineering a solution to their infiltration problem just to briefly turn them essentially into superficial Kylian. Yep, which works really
0: fast. Yes. Uh, it's also really painful. Maybe that, I mean, that wouldn't make sense, like, you know, because it works so fast. Like, your body is regrowing itself at a massive rate. Yes. Pointed ears disappearing, ridges, coloration, everything.
4: Your body is going to undergo compressed jury-rigged metamorphosis.
0: It's painful. To which there is a bit of a machismo going on about, like, are we going to take sedation for this or not? Oh, you read it as machismo? I wasn't sure what it was.
1: Well, because it's specifically La'an, who declines the sedative or the the
2: anesthetic, right? analgesic. I don't know what the term is, chief. So the main difference between analgesia and anesthesia is that an analgesic is a pain-free state without loss of consciousness, whereas anesthetics is a state achieved where there is a loss of touch, pain, and temperature sensations with or without the loss of consciousness. So anesthesia is associated with some degrees of analgesia, but not vice versa. Basically, the difference is, if you're going under, then that's anesthetic. If you're not going under, then that's analgesics. Thank you. But so, specifically, she doesn't want to have her
1: like awareness impaired. Right. Which is maybe like... It might be Makismo, well, she is a security officer.
0: But her exact wording is what confuses me, because...
4: Are you giving me a direct order to allow sedation during this procedure, Captain?
0: Oh, sorry, I mean, for me to allow them to give it to me. No, I get it now, yeah. Oh, you thought that it was for all of them? No, no, I for yeah. Was, there, I it thought it was specific. Like, are you giving me an order that gives me permission to have sedation, was this how I interpret it? As if like she had something that was oh, like, as right. if there was some some sort of cultural thing that like so doesn't allow her to be sedated for procedure. For, uh, oh, like, you know? interesting! Like, yeah, ambiguity
1: in the English language, right? There. Yeah, that's. But me. no, like she's not being ordered to permit herself to be sedated.
0: Yeah, no, I get it. Yes,
1: and that's when Chapel immediately goes,
0: "Hang in there, sister,"
1: because what you're in
0: for is no fun.
1: I don't know why she wants to put herself through this. No, I mean, this is but she's
0: of- tough because she sits and weathers it out, and Spock later has a lot more problem with it. We, we, we can see like how much pain she is suffering through. But yeah. again, Spock's system is different, uh, so it might hit him even worse. Yeah, that's as also we possible. Know, because like it's not going to work as long on Spock because his Vulcan human genetics. So we learned that the transporter can do some things that we've never seen it before, before, which is so cool. Maybe he's like he's from the Bryno school of uh, transporter (laughs) (laughs) engineering.
1: Oh, this is Chief Kyle, a character name recycled from the original series, now played by an Asian-American actor. Presumably American, I don't know about that part. But, oh God, I like Chief Kyle so much. And he's got a a really hot variant of the uniform.
0: Oh, Um, with almost lapel-like.
1: Yeah, he's got black sleeves. Yeah. So there's a whole bunch of variations of this, this uniform that I really, really enjoy. Some of them have like black paneling on the side and they mm-hmm. have like a looser
0: opening. It seems to be like a,
1: some personal variations that
0: you can well, it's choose it's only the upper sleeve, his upper arm, his forearms are red. Oh, I see. As you can see when he pushes the sliders. But he's got
1: black epaulettes where everybody else are like they right? Yeah. And they've got these this cool feature on the sleeves. I've heard it called raglan sleeves. I'm not entirely sure if that's correct. Yeah. But like the epaulettes have a different texture and then the outer half of the sleeves has a slightly different texture okay. as well okay so they look like sort of sportswear
0: but they, they're also very much tunics yep and we apparently we have the transporter is now also, also an instant clothes changer exactly all the local clothing
1: patterns have been loading into the buffer and they will get new haircuts as
0: well yeah that's also like something that's not supposed to happen in the <laughs> apparently the transporter can just do that
1: <laughs> yeah because like laan has a, a pretty like Probably labor-intensive hairstyle that she wears these tight, patterned braids that must be incredibly difficult to do solo. And now she's got these loose, sort of 1940s...
0: Very similar hairstyle to what the the Prime Minister or the President later has. Oh, I see. Yeah. So it's like probably just like, yeah, patterned on something they've seen as a local style. And Uh, Spock
1: asked the question that launched a million gifs.
0: Captain, where are my pants?
1: Yeah. <laughs> and scrolls down to, and I swear, I thought it was like a dope leg tattoo on his calf.
0: Right. But I, I, I think it's just like, you know, the, the natural the
1: patterning of the Kylians. Uh, yes. Yeah.
0: Because he's apparently the only one in shorts. Like, there's like, a, a, desperately, I was trying to look for, like, what what is everybody else wearing, but when we get waist up shots, really. They quickly subdue two scientists who come walking out of the building, which is heavily shielded and they send them over to the Enterprise.
1: Yes. I like that Laan went to the captain. Captain, permission to
3: act fast. Go ahead and...
1: Yeah. Right? Not explaining, because I need to act fast. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Right. And he gives her permission, and then she, oh, oh, I, je, je suis fatigué. I am yes, so she, she, suddenly
0: she, she, tired. Please She feigns pain and, and grab my medication. Get and... his neck,
1: get his neck. What? <laughs> get his neck, get his neck, his neck. Get his neck. Oh, oh.
0: <laughs> yeah. And
1: Spock jumps into action. He neck-pinches them uh, into unconsciousness. Because she thinks that these people have access to that building because they just came out of it that they right. can use to get back in. Yeah,
0: nurse. Ch- what was it? Chapel. 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 Right. Yes. Manages to use the DNA of one of them to help boost Spock's disguise, which is already starting to wear off. This whole scene—I know that we're trying to yeah. like
1: speed through it a little yeah, bit, but it's—it's I... it's really. No, I know, I know. It's just going to be we're a long. Already run. an hour ten in. <laughs> it's, it's just going to be a long one. There's no other way. It's the first time we're watching Strange New Fair, World. Yeah,
0: not true. <laughs> but this
1: is a, a, just such a fantastic sort of comedy of error situations where they've got them sedated on two biobeds, They scan the one. Oh, not this one. Scan the other one. Oh, we're in luck until the first one wakes up again. They sedate him. And then the one that they need wakes up and runs off (laughs) Yes, and runs into eventually like the elevator where Uhura is already there. And she just doesn't miss a beat,
0: immediately knows what's going on. And she says, hi. Apparently she's been listening to the local communication traffic. Cause she like, just like starts, what do people like to talk about? Sports ball. Like the
4: game tag ball on your planet. The back tack makes all the decisions.
0: You know, tag ball? And it just relaxes him. He's like, he has- yes. <laughs> he just like. Because this is what Uhura
1: does make connections. Yeah. And just effortlessly, because yes, of course, she's the, the, the chief communications officer. She's read the complete debrief about the cultural aspect of Kylie, which the Captain and Spock apparently have not, because they're taken by surprise by the news broadcast of a centuries-old conflict that they're just d- discerning now. Yes, which is like
0: kind of left in the dark, what it is, but it's like a seditious faction. There's or a I'm governing like... faction in the seditious faction, yeah. Right, which I'm saying, like, like, if this like been going on for centuries, so, like some people might call this like different countries at this point. Yes, you know? yes. We're getting it's closer like- to my warp cord breach. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I mean, well, we, 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 is it like the monoculture planet again, which has a seditious fraction? I'm not telling. Okay, sure. <laughs> yeah, there's a little bit of chapel running through the corridors, bumping into people, eventually seeing him disappear into the turbo lift where Uhura is. She rushes back to sick bay. Uh, like
2: Can we fire up the emergency medical transporter? Yes.
0: And as Uhuru and uh, our uh, unnamed uh, Kylian walk out the uh, bridge she's just, she, like, beams <laughs> she just like it and gets, him
3: She just
1: stabs him <laughs> with the uh...
0: And they have what they need to
1: deliver an emergency eye solve that is beamed onto Spock's corneas as he's going through the scanner. Yep. Amazing. Like transporters can't do that. Well, I, I kind
0: of Make it to... do it. I mean, that's like literally what you said. It's like that's what Brian Ode has to do. It's like, like they're not made, meant to do this. Well, make them do it anyway. It's yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now that they're inside the shielded building, they can actually get readings on where their crew are, and they're down, like way yep. down. So into the elevator they go, where there's space alien
0: Muzak. Yes. And uh, one of the aliens watches like Spock's ears. She's a floaty one. Yeah. She first goes, yeah, she puts the smile on, hmm, fresh meat. And then, oh, what's going on? Careful. Oh, this is us. <laughs> like, bike's like, ah, this is our floor. Like, out. Spock, your ears.
4: I'm aware. The pain is quite remarkable. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> wow.
1: And they open a cell where they find, oh, on the cell, the walls are
0: marked with yeah, no, alien was, like graffiti. And there was lots of scribbling on there. I'm not entirely sure why they would like have, like have a cell complex in a research facility like this, but. I'm sure the Pentagon has holding cells. Oh, uh, yeah. Right. yeah, no. And it point. also
1: probably has, like, an R&D lab And it has somewhere. twice as
0: many bathrooms as it needs. Why was that again? Because it was built during segregation times. That's right. <laughs> That's just
1: so awesome. <laughs> yeah. It also has the world's most dangerous hot dog stand. Oh, why is it so dangerous? Oh, um, <laughs> so during the Cold War era, the Soviet spy planes would occasionally, like, get footage of the Pentagon. And they noticed that there was an unusual concentration of high-ranking and low-ranking personnel at yeah. this specific building in the middle of the sort of Pentagon yeah. uh, open atrium and that that must therefore be like a place where communications are dispensed or like orders are given or security clearances no, are revised. No,
0: that's where the hot dog stand. This All is the
1: hot dog stand where people got their lunch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where we find the worst for wear, number one, Una Chin Riley. Yep, It's quite a look. Really? How about thank you for saving me? Somehow, I figured you might played by the luminous Rebecca Romijn. With Ro- the... Romijn Stamos? I think Romijn.
0: Yeah, sounds very Dutch.
1: She is Dutch, oh, she uh, is. She, of Dutch ancestry. All right. I, I don't know that... She supposedly has spoken it on a on a clip that I wasn't able to access, right. f- ironically,
2: from the Netherlands. Hey, <laughs> Chief Engineer Greg, just want to chime in. It's not Stamos. She divorced John Stamos uh, some years back. I'm also just a big fan of Rebecca Roman because she was in x-men movies when i was growing up she was mystique so i'm also just so happy that she gets to do more where she one gets to wear her clothes two isn't like in head-to-toe makeup and three when it's her doing something it's actually her and not like the actors that she's pretending to be as her characters so i'm just so happy for rebecca here she's great and i love her in this so 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 much she's fantastic
0: Yes, and the other two crew members of the archer.
2: Of the gigantic USS archer. Archer,
0: They have received medical attention because
1: he's got an arm in a sling. Yes,
0: he's got a shot wound apparently. Uh, But it's
1: like a proper sling, like it's not something that
0: they had to... uh, Improvise. uh, She is definitely not quite entirely mobile because he has to be assisted by Pike. But they have an opportunity to escape. Although they are met with a delegate, unit, whatever you want to call it. Entirely Uh, Spock's fault. Entire sports yes. Because he jinxed it, didn't he? Yes, he did. And then he starts screaming because apparently the pain really becomes too much to bear. And then he's standing back up with his hair in the regular style and his
1: ears all pointing. <sighs>
0: That's better. Yeah. Come back! Everybody is like, I mean, this feels like such a like a role playing game scenario, you know? It's mm. like someone uh, misses a uh, important role and like, oh well. Yes, it's fighting. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, if I were the public prosecutor in this case, uh-huh. then this would, for me, undermine uh, Pike's argument that he didn't contribute to the, the escalation of the, the issue. Because he did, during an illegal incursion the sovereign soil, attack local security people like right disabling the two scientists outside in the but first place was pretty yeah. bad but now it's hand-to-hand and choppy choppy and the could have injured
0: but, but it's oh no of course but it's like not it's not contributing to the breach of the prime directive we're getting closer to my, my
1: okay breach because right. it would be i think completely acceptable to expect starfleet officers to die in
0: hmm. the
1: service of general order one hmm yeah you want to make contact you want to discover things without contaminating Right. Well, your life is not as important as General Order 1, and you know that going in.
0: Okay. I mean, I don't know. I can't imagine that Starfleet would like me. It clearly isn't, based on the historical evidence that we have for the many, many times that the Prime Directive has been breached. Well, you know, it's there more, is it's, least... more, it's more of a suggestion than a directive, in all honesty. <laughs> because there like, is at least one... Okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, how many times has the Prime Directive been breached by... Usually, the ship's captain of whichever series we are watching and has essentially gone without consequences. There is the Riker precedence. Mm -hmm. When
1: Riker was in almost the exact same situation in the next generation, he was surgically altered to appear like a a local species and infiltrated there. And he was discovered, and they discovered that, hold on a minute, he has the wrong number of penises or whatever they discovered about him. He was fully prepared to die. Mm-hmm. There rather than reveal the existence of alien life, two species that was not rated for right. for the discovery. And I mean,
0: to be honest, like the revelation of alien life at that point would have already been there. In fact, and I
1: imagine that you probably have like a pretty significant, you probably have like a bit of antimatter that you can take yeah. to make sure. Because imagine, like you die, all of your space bacteria now enter the biosphere
0: when your yes. body decomposes. yeah. Right, against which they oh, but that's what like presumably you transport down and the biofilters take care of that. How are you gonna digest food if you don't have them? Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean they obviously do scans with, to make it compatible with the local biosphere. Otherwise that's a problem. That's impressive. I mean that clearly it works. Otherwise, like you can't, no, what can't you can't means... take a poo on an alien planet without Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I'm, I'm thinking about uh, Journeyman, a short-lived mm. time travel TV show with Kevin McKidd in 2007, uh, which, which featured him sort of quantum leaping back and forth through through time. And at one point, like, he gets gunshot in the future, and then he zaps back in time to the 1970s and is taken to the hospital, where they're amazed that, okay, this infection is progressing. Like, we're giving him every antibiotic we have and is doing nothing. Yeah. Because, yeah, mm-hmm. 1970s antibiotics yeah. wouldn't stand a chance against modern pathogens. Oh. They subdue the local workforce, and they're in the elevator up to the, the surface. Yes,
0: and this is where we hear how they ac- acquired the uh, warp technology.
1: Yes, which initially, number one, doesn't want to talk about because none of the other crew members here were... were
0: uh, yeah, uh, are cleared for this in- bit of information, yeah.
1: I mean, even Captain Patel in the beginning, who had yeah. deeper clearance than Pike has, no, you can't know about this. Yeah.
4: We gave it to them, Captain. We're less than one light year out from zero point
1: zero point
4: where we and the crew of discovery opened up a wormhole to the future
1: and so una reveals way more than is necessary because <laughs> all she needed to tell was about this space battle but she said yes before we opened a wormhole to the future so that the super ai could be sent to yes <laughs> what the hell it was completely irrelevant there was just a space battle yeah. Not a secret thing leave that <laughs> good point and then pike he does the sort of captain thing where he leans against the wall and goes, oh, the weight of responsibility.
0: Yes, sees himself in his burnt, irradiated state.
1: And he makes the decision because it is a decision. He interprets this, this situation. Hey, this crisis here is not a naturally occurring crisis that we have yeah. to, like, we are responsible for it. We, we always were. And we're responsible for the consequences. So we, it is necessary to do something. Yeah. That necessity defense. And what he decides to do Sent most of the crew back, yes. except for Spock. I love this shot.
0: This like this is like <laughs> this this is finally a, a massive gripe which I've always had with Star Trek is yeah. finally addressed properly here. It's like is it's, it's usually when it's like there's a group of people standing there like four to beam up, and somehow the transporter officer knows exactly which four people are supposed to go for the plot and which one they're supposed to say. But here specifically he says
4: four to beam up, leave the captain and the science officer behind.
0: Like she actually yeah. explicitly says which four needs exactly. who needs to be mapped. So yes, finally, 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 <laughs>
1: someone <laughs> Because they don't know that Chief Carl is an ancestor of O'Brien whose right. protocol <laughs> is to always like invade the privacy of everyone who goes down because he's so bored. He's just listening in all the time. And we all just know that he does it. Yeah. So we just... <laughs> and anyway. now it's Kirk and Spock, and Spock goes Is
4: this wise? I'm clearly alien.
3: That's what I'm counting
1: on. And out they step to a, a security detail who yeah. immediately point their weapons, whoop, no, at the pointy ears. <laughs> yeah. Take me like, to your leader. I love it. It's like, yeah. fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> so he's the new Klaatu in this story, yes. right? Yes, And he's facing this, this this very severe woman who is... Yeah, the prime minister or
0: the whatever.
1: And she's positioned as like very uppity and aggressive. Yeah. And I've seen some reviews that, that mention this, and I deeply disapprove of that, Mm. in part because as a proud son of a family with many formidable women, a woman in a position of power with a responsibility over a culture who doesn't accept
0: slights to either that culture or herself is perfectly fine. I'm getting some almost Chinese vibes over this from... Like imagine from the design
1: or from the no
0: no from the way she acts and what the, the decision she makes mm-hmm. it it feels very much like this planet's culture is China and the insurrectionists are Taiwan and they're like oh yes it's an internal matter none of your business like
2: have your people never put down civil unrest
0: and like this is our business how we deal with this what what business is this? none of yours like yeah. we're not accepting you you might be a space aliens but. This is our planet, our thing. We do as we want here.
1: Yes, exactly. And and, and that's perfectly right. That That's the concept yeah, yeah. of, like, sovereignty and independence is, yes, these are our decisions to make. They're not yours. And Pike...
3: No, I'm saying that we should have been more circumspect about exposing our technologies.
1: Oh, yeah. so our scientific advances are your mistake, is what you're saying.
3: Yeah. Because he really is. Technically, yeah.
1: yeah. And, and she also doesn't want to hear, like his sort of platitudes seem Hmm. to her to be naive. You know, no, you have to negotiate debate, And she asks, Tell me,
2: are there groups who refuse to negotiate with you? Powerful groups?
1: And Uh, he doesn't answer it. No. And this is, this is to the episode's credit. Because that's not what he wants to talk about. He doesn't want to talk about this problem that is unsolvable, because it is. There's no good solution to a conflict of this scale. I, I, I descend from people from Northern Ireland. I've lived there for, for a portion of my childhood. And I'm familiar with at least a glimpse of this concept of living with a conflict that really doesn't have a solution. Because, yes, okay, when one can look at, on, on, on paper, the troubles in Northern Ireland, as they were called, like unionists versus a republicans. Right. Or, independence versus unification, Protestant versus Catholic. But in the actual heart of the conflict, that's not what it was about. Everyone who's fighting now has lost an aunt or a brother or a child to an attack by the other side or a slight by the other yep. side. And it's an endless cycle of pain for whom the original motivations don't really...
0: like yeah, They barely sure. matter. Yeah, not at all. That's all...
1: Uh, it's all hung on principles that are, in fact, designed to be impossible because... The more impossible the, the, the conflict, the more attractive it is, and the, the more excuses. Yeah. Pardon me for, for, for moralizing, but this struck me as, mm. uh, as very serious, which is why I was very disappointed
0: when Pike's solution. is kind uh, gone about diplomacy.
1: Yeah, because she refuses his offers. Yeah. And she says, OK, I'm not accepting what you're offering. Yeah. You are, you know, you're an invader on, on foreign soil and I'm rejecting you. Please take them away to be arrested, processed, maybe even to be like returned to yeah, their. Yeah, we don't know that. And he decides to turn around and yells his communicator, which yeah. is lying on her
0: table. Hey,
1: yeah, uh, don't say that on a. Greg, oh, you've bleeped that out, haven't you?
0: <laughs> Enterprise to lower orbit, full
1: visibility, show them what you got. And now outside the window, and Spock goes, ooh, what, what was that? Oh, no, wait for it. Here come the alarms. Because yeah. outside the window is a giant golf
3: spaceship just like you said whoever has the biggest stick wins in this case that is me and now kaki
1: ejects his warp core (laughs) because where we go here now is that even after an interlude in the meantime when he's returned to the ship and he learns from la'an her experience that people who are about to die experience surprise which he remembers as well because he has the memory
3: because right up until the last moment they I couldn't imagine down.
1: And that teaches him to, this lesson, like you can never yeah. imagine the utter destruction until it's about to happen. And that motivates him to go down and show a fantastic slideshow of some right. really impactful imagery, uh-huh. including the January 6th uh, insurrection yes. with, uh, at the Capitol, tying that it's, into- It
0: started as a small internal conflict in one country and then it spread out to the entire planet. In the second civil war, and became the eugenics it eventually became World War Three.
3: What began as an eruption in one nation ended in the eradication of 600,000 species of animals and plants and 30% of Earth's population.
0: Right, yes, which is actually for the first time confirmed, is like, it makes it canonical how many people died in World War III in Star Trek. Well, as we've learned from, <laughs> from, from canon, <laughs> or from Strange New Worlds has done it very well, right. that canon sort of moves.
1: Right, but it's never actually been explicitly mentioned. Well, also, it's not going to be that number later on, because the whole Third World War seems to move throughout history, depending on various time factions or whatever.
3: You'll use competing ideas of liberty to bomb each other to rubble just like we did, and then your last day will look just like this.
1: And the conflict is resolved, Mm. because... He has shown these people, like, what's going to happen to your planet? This is what happened to mine. I yeah. want to avoid that. And this is where I have to eject my warp core because the idea that a conflict that has lasted for centuries right, yeah. on this planet can be resolved by people suddenly becoming aware of the consequences. We just have too many examples of that not being true. Uh-huh. The climate crisis that we're facing. Yeah. None of it is surprising to anyone who is, is you know, to any climatologist. The COVID pandemic, Mm -hmm. where a million Americans, the wealthiest, most technologically advanced country in the world, with the greatest freedom and and scientists, a million people there died of a disease that... Shouldn't have killed no. anyone at protocols been observed. So the idea that, oh, all we have to do is show these primitives the consequences
0: of their actions,
1: and then they'll realize not to do it. No, yeah. these people could absolutely imagine it. And
0: it wasn't enough. It okay. never is. Now, okay, allow me to be the other voice then for a change. Please, by all uh, means. So for a start, like, okay, he goes like, now I have the bigger stick. I think that is Hate partially, it. partially bluff. So angry. Sorry? Oh, no, I get that. But it's mostly, I think what he's actually doing... Is he is putting it out there because, like, that's especially in the shot we see next one. Like, oh, it's now suddenly about aliens. The general populace didn't know about the ship, they had only seen the first contact, they didn't know about the prisoners. Like, the government hadn't, like, given oh, this, infram- put this information, put this information out there. Yeah, yeah, He suddenly makes it visible to everybody now there's aliens, huh? Yeah, and suddenly, good point. And, and then he goes and, like, he, he watches them having their discussions where initially saying this is going well, but it's not. It's not going anywhere. They're literally just shouting at each other from across their lessons. And then he comes in and he gives his speech and he puts an offer on the table. He says, like, you can either keep going and fighting and, like, destroy yourself with this technology that we inadvertently gave you, mm-hmm. or you can join us.
3: Maybe that's the good in, in seeing my future, that I might remind you that right up until the very end, life is to be worn gloriously.
1: Hmm. The first part, you're absolutely right. Like, exposing the public to this, like changing the debate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's totally right, because that probably also changes, like, the, the political support For, that the, yeah. the, the governing and seditious factors enjoyed within their population. Yeah. This other side, he doesn't actually propose a solution to the... Like, what no, is no. the solution to the Northern Irish situation where yeah. half the population feels it, it it's an Irish, you know... Yeah. Ireland is a nation, and the other half or portion or whatever. I'm grossly
0: simplifying. No, no, I There isn't get that. actually, like, a solution to that. No, there isn't. Where, you know... Well, other than maybe, like, you know, the implication as I get it here is that, like, okay, if you just, like, stop fighting and join the Federation, then you're all going to be part of the Federation, and you're not being No, But be, none yeah. of this changes, like, who... Gets to live in Jerusalem, not,
1: not to even go yeah. crazier. And I, I don't want to be disrespectful to the the, the current crisis in, yes. uh, in in Israel, of course. But like, when there are competing worldviews that are yeah. both equally valid and supported by evidence, again, I'm not relating it to yeah. the, the, the current. But in a, in a situation where for everyone's worldview is rational from from their own position and they're completely contradictory, the only yeah. like out. But then, okay, if this is the reality, then we have only like really two end goals, one of them is the eradication of one side through genocide, and the other is eternal war. Yes. So, there is no solution to this. There is only compromise, and compromise is incredibly difficult and terrible and, and,
0: and painful. Right. Yes. And, and I, I mean, the only solution is compromise until compromise becomes normal, and then that is again. This is what yeah. happened
1: in Northern Ireland, the yeah, yeah. the, the Good Friday Accord, which was
0: unfortunately upset a little bit by Brexit. A little bit is, is generous, <laughs> yeah.
1: But there again, like Brexit is also such an example of a crisis whose consequences were very clearly visible. Yes. So I I, I remain upset. Yeah. This, is, this is the anger where I come from because we see here like the finest crew in Starfleet, you know, one of the finest crews in Starfleet, who should stand for justice, truth, and, and exploration. And they're in this planet where there's a centuries old conflict that they discovered yesterday and he's now Pike has decided I'm going to solve this not through humility or sacrifice no, but through an act of technological and cultural supremacy
0: mm
1: yeah. Because who is he to say that this planet is the same
0: as Earth yes well there', there, there are several times mentioned that there's a lot of similarities but yeah From we his don't point we of don't view, yeah we don't know he's the been or- there for 48 hours we don't even know the origin of the conflict what what it's about right. what it's no that's absolutely true
1: because like if there is a, a not a resolution but like a, a, a compromise it has to come from within it has to be mm-hmm. learned and earned by Kylians. Uh, because to do otherwise like that's just like Colonialist thinking. I am... So- right. Okay, core is dumped. And
0: the implication is that from the shots we see, it's like we see classrooms where people draw the pictures of the Enterprise. We see what looks like a wedding ceremony or something where they're holding up a paper cut out of the Enterprise, like some religious ceremony study. Like it seems <sighs> like... This is, this is a terrible idea. So I'm, now they've got idolatry about the I, I, enterprise. Well, I mean, yeah, that seems to be the, uh, the embrace. I, th- I think that's what they're trying to show embrace of Federation culture and that they're motivated to put their differences apart and in order so that they can join the Federation. That's, that seems to be the implication, what, they, what yeah, I'm no, getting okay, from here.
1: I, I actually th- I think you're genuinely right.
0: I, and I can understand that you're angry about that because that seems to be... be, be which is, We're going to forget all about our internal conflict just so we can idolize this space culture. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> I,
1: but I, I've said that. I've done my warp core. <laughs> and in the spirit of the joy of Trek... Like, I, I honestly expected that you would have something smart to say about it because I know that you're very, very intelligent. But I wasn't expected to be, to, to be brought back on board oh. quite as much as I have. Because, yeah, now, like... It is much less about who owns this plot of land, who has a, a claim over this tragedy. We can be Kylians in space. like yeah. We can be members of this, this greater community where our diversity is, is equally as celebrated. We have, we have other opportunities and just the, the...
0: The ones on here on the planet.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That even though we're not going to be satisfied, it's not the only thing that we have to want and we can want new things together.
0: Right. And the, the the scope has broadened. Like, the playing field has, like, suddenly expanded massively.
1: And it's going to happen through children. I think, like, yeah. you, you're mentioning that oh, shot of this a, Yes, this that's classroom. a very good point. Yes. They're going to grow up knowing that we have a small world with a terrible history and a big problem. And we're part of this huge mm-hmm. world that's actually much more important for us to learn about.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, there we go. We find the good uh, in every yes. episode.
2: <laughs> Greg here. Getting a little bit personal, I watched this episode right after losing our dog very suddenly. And I was just in a dark, shitty place where all I wanted was just to to sit down and just like watch something and just feel happy for a little. And that's why I go to Star Trek, to see some light and hope and love in the world for a little bit. So, Pike's speech here immediately won me over to the series, and was a cathartic balm that I needed when I started watching this a few months ago, and I love how Pike ends his speech here, because it does make you want to strive to be better, and strive to improve the world for people to come go to war with each other or
3: join our federation of planets and reach for the stars the choice is yours
1: Now, it is troubling that the Enterprise then sort of dusted hands. Well, but, job done. Yeah. 48 hours. We just solved war on this planet.
0: <laughs> Off to the next one. First, back to Starbase 1 because there's like... Uh, For a royal chewing out. Yeah, because the, the Admiral has to have done a little bit of smoothing over. He's like, had yeah. to like read up on like his security clearances about the things that happened with Discovery. He actually uh, had to go to whatever CNC is physically to get read into like... Yes. It's one of those things, like, we do not transmit this. You have to, like, be in a secure environment where this. this there this is one copy is kept. of <laughs> this
1: book and this room that you can be in for... <laughs> and then you're allowed to read it, and you're not allowed <laughs> to... And we're going to scan you <laughs> atom by atom to see if any of it made it out. Exactly.
4: Wow. Since the council can't acknowledge that the battle ever actually took place... It cannot acknowledge how the
0: people of Kylie 279 acquired war. Council's not happy about it. It's not a breach of a prime directive.
1: Oh. Uh... Uh, it's not about warp drive but yeah, no. warp bomb yeah. is close enough okay valid yeah yeah okay also general order one is now like being amended
4: they're doubling down renaming it the prime
3: directive well that'll never stick. <laughs> that'll never catch Ooh, up yeah. that's such
1: a prequel line but also it's super cheesy and i do love yes. things. it's so great and then we get a little bit between la'an and pike yeah I hear from your tone of voice that you were equally like as sort of surprised at this as I was.
0: Yeah, what's going on here? Like, I, I, uh, this is I, a
1: manufactured I, conflict,
0: right? Yeah,
1: I should have told you that I knew number one because that was a surprise. You know, when they busted the, yeah, the jailbreak, like, why is this a you problem? know each other. Yeah. Well, okay. Why? Why is this a problem? Lots oh. of people
0: know each other. Yeah, it's like yeah, she was on the ship that found her when she was like had been released by the Gorn. She helped me find
4: my way back home. She's the reason I joined Starfleet.
0: Yeah, great.
1: That's a big cool. deal. Yeah, and, and Pike did exactly this when he walked into uh, sickbay and hugged Dr. Mbenga, whom also, why haven't we mentioned Dr. Mbenga? He's amazing ah, in this yes. in this episode.
3: Where
0: oh no, we. Dr. Mbenga toured the Mojave
3: with me, and I toured Kenya with him.
0: Dr. Mbenga, one of the ancestors of the Fremen in Ten Thousand
3: Years.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, Bob Zolusan Mokun, fantastic actor with a rich, gravelly voice.
3: Da. Please dispense some wisdom. Okay. Never get the house dressing.
0: The knife of Moadi. Deep. He is the friend,
1: follow yeah. the friend, teaches in the ways of the desert in the Nivea Noe film Dune. That's the first time that I became aware of him. I'd actually yeah. seen him before. He's a fantastic actor. I've seen him in a few other things, but I never noticed him as much as, as there yeah. and now here as well, which is, okay. So I when I showed he, my husband this yeah. uh, this episode, I was like, okay, so we have all of these amazing people. We have Ortegas who, who kicks ass. We have Chapel. Everybody looks so fit. One of these is like a, a world championship level expert in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Which one do you think it is? And he's mm-hmm. like, pretty, probably going to be Ortega's, isn't it? Like, yeah. nope, nope, not Ortega's. <laughs> it's Dr. Mbenga. What the hell?
0: He just sits who there. turns out to be, like, spoilers, like, the the assassin the death in the night kind yeah. of guy. Who is like, Vodot. he's got a bit of a dark history there.
1: I'm also not fully sure how to pronounce it because Mbenga? it's M apostrophe. Yeah. So, like, I'm used to reading a, an apostrophe That's as a stop, stop. Yeah. So it would be like, Benga. Yeah. But I Mbenga. hear it pronounced as Mbenga. Mbenga, yeah. Just like it's a voice lead into the B. To the yeah. No idea. No, not entirely sure. But so this supposed conflict, where Laan says, "Oh, I should have told you that I that I knew about it." Oh, Pax, just mm, tell me now. Like they're they're bonding over. I don't understand why they had why yeah. this was necessary.
0: But he decides to like, despite this horrible, terrible slight, decides to offer a position as security officer on the uh, Enterprise.
1: And he does the sort of captain-y thing where, I mean, she says like other people are challenging for me, and he sort of looks around. <laughs> metaphor Where metaphor, metaphor. oh right here
3: you know how those domes got up here yeah and I genuinely love it uh-huh. but when the war was over and Earth had rebuilt the forests were too large to bring home so Starfleet built its first base around them
1: but we're all on board the last of the crew are beaming aboard
0: including yes. the mustachioed the, the, the Kirk that was hinted at the <laughs> beginning of the episode oh like because we know that Kirk like James T served <gasps> under gonna get him? served under Pike but no, no it's his brother yep yeah. The, with a lovely moustache. The porn stash, The 70s porn tashed. Okay.
1: I've known you a very long time. I know. You've gone through a moustache period I know. yourself. It suited you very well. Yeah, thank you. You wore it with longer hair than Samuel does. True. And we also very briefly see Hemmer. Getting beamed aboard. Beaming yes. aboard. The Enar chief engineer. Yes. He buys it later, doesn't he? He does it, unfortunately. Yeah. A great loss because this is also like one of the first times that a person with a disability has been cast for a regular like he's, okay. he's legally blind he's not capital b blind no.
0: he has uh... bad enough that it's like counts as legally blind yes but yeah what's our mission we explore
3: we seek out new life and new civilizations
0: to go where no one has gone before and kind of like cool Start. <laughs>
4: I love
1: Uhura. I'm so Uhura because yes, yeah. it is. In the words of Sylvia Tilly, it's so f***ing cool. Yeah. <laughs> ah, I, ah. I was expecting that you'd you'd sort of tug me back from the brink. I I really wasn't <laughs> expecting to be brought back with such a fundamental realization that even though I don't support Pike's Decision. approach, yeah. But I do now actually have hope that I didn't before
0: for the people of Kylie. I... Well, thank you. The court, oh, It's the joy in every episode, even when they have to, like, dig for it. And there's a lot of people in this episode to be joyful about. So, do you have a missing scene? Oh, uh, deleted scene. Let me see.
1: Ooh, I've got to think about it. I've got to think about it. Kay, you've got to buy me some time. Right. Do You have yours. Oh, I, 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 I,
0: oh, no, not. Okay, not, well, not, not I buy you some time. Yes. All right. Oh. No, I
1: thought I had one. I don't. Okay, <laughs> back to you.
0: Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Let's see. Is there, like. Uh, oh no, they would. They would already know that. It's like... Oh, the Kylians. Yeah. On board.
1: Oh yeah. They what happened get to them? over. Yes. Like, one of them has actually been running around and, like, talked about Tagball. So the deleted scene that I want yeah. is him being interviewed
0: on Space Breitbart. Right, yes. On a Kylian, like, splinter group. <laughs> what, where it, what does it look like? Yes, what happened to you? Like, you were abducted by aliens and... The real aliens. Right. This time. Like w- the, Were you probed? Friend you or father. <laughs> <laughs> He's just sitting there
1: in tears. And like, oh, <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> but I've made these papier-mâché sort of replicas <laughs> to sort of express what what it was the, like out where there the probes, where, where the
0: probes went so show me on this door <laughs> right i think might have to be like the newsroom when the moment the enterprise makes itself visible and no the newsroom which, which breaks out in panic's like wait is that a spaceship it's like Oh wait! We're what in the hell? What is going on? Scrap here? everything! It's, it's like this Independence Day esque scene of the yes. uh, of the Enterprise just like menacingly hanging over the Parliament building. And oh God! <laughs> yes, and the number of people who must have like
1: died from crushing as they were rushing into into security bunkers.
0: Oh oof, yes. Well, that's
1: okay we had another concept didn't we like to talk about like the people who are the the wildest. no 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 i want to talk about like some of the design on here okay because we see those protests that are happening and they have yeah. like presumably like writing in a Kylian language on them which i thought was really cool yeah yeah but i saw some production design sketches with like the the costumes worn by people playing Kylian protesters yeah and they have like photos of the Prime Minister woman with like glowing eyes or like blood coming out of her mouth, like (laughs) printed on their actual jackets and stuff.
0: Like really, really cool. I guess that's like you you yeah, you print yourself your like protesting jacket and then you go out and like and maybe think of like that. Maybe there were okay. So maybe there were. And maybe that's actually a defenseman. Maybe you're yes. not allowed to deface the uh, prime minister's face. So if you like wear the prime minister's face on your clothing, the cops can't beat you because then they would like be hitting that's the prime was... uh, hitting the prime minister. That's a
1: lot of thinking. Yeah. Or like they're,
0: for, they're forbidden from the imagery on their you know black cards. Black yes. cards. Yeah. But yes, you can't like ban clothing. Oh yeah, that's a, <laughs> that's so, a cool. idea. think you've genuinely redeemed this episode for me. Well, I'm glad I could for you. It's
1: not going to stop me from pretending that Star, oh, of course, Star, but... Strange New Worlds is my least favorite. No, no. Because totally. they're just too sexy. Yes. The hair's hair too good and the, the ships are too
0: well designed. And I think with that, I'm leaving Starfleet. <laughs>
2: Energize. <laughs> we hope you've enjoyed this week's episode with your friends Kay and Kaki. Production and editing by your chief engineer, Greg. And music by Fox Amore. Join us next time for The Next Generation, Season 5, Episode 20, Cost of Living. Visit joyoftrek.com slash links to send us your recommendations, support us on Patreon, or to find us on Blue Sky, Instagram, and Facebook. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you for listening to The Joy of Trek, and we'll see you out there.